If you have your Bibles, you'll turn with me to the incredible epistle, the book of Romans. We're going to look at a couple of chapters in Romans as we continue part two of a sermon series, Pillars of Our Faith. But as we begin, I got a question for you. I want to know, where were you, where were you on August 21st, 2017? I know what you're thinking. That seems so random. I mean, August 21st, 2017, I guarantee you know where you were. Why do I know that? Does anybody know, by the way? Anybody know what happened on August 21st? Yes, very good, Stephanie. You win. <laughs> I'm not sure what you win, but it was the total eclipse of the sun. And, you know, it was that, that first time in many of our lifetimes that, that the sun was going to be completely eclipsed by the moon. It was going to get dark and dark for like two and a half minutes. Where did you go? You know, where did you go to find the best view or the best experience of the total eclipse of the sun? I went to Manning, South Carolina, kind of a place in the middle of nowhere that was supposed to have one of the longer experiences of that darkness and how cool it was uh, to experience that in midday. Well, it was actually during the Middle Ages when there was a total eclipse or nearly a total eclipse of a gospel eclipse that darkness had eclipsed the good news of the gospel. There was spiritual darkness that had reigned. And what came out of that was the Reformation. We talked about that last week, that way back in 1517, this German monk named Martin Luther, by God's grace and understood the gospel, would change history that he would realize that, no, 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 that we got to get back to God's word. Let Scripture shine. And as Scripture shines, as we hold God's word in our hands, what becomes clear is the gospel, the good news. It's no longer eclipsed by darkness. And out of that Reformation, when, when the gospel was returning, remember, the gospel's not new. It didn't come out of the Reformation. The gospel's always been the good news from out time of how God loves us and provides for us. I mean, it's always according to God's word. But what came out of the Reformation were some five key truths. And again, there was so much more. But there was these five teachings, what's known in the Latin, the word solas, alone. Things that were so important for us to understand. How are we made right with God? And that was the ultimate question for every generation. How are we made right with God? How do we know God loves us and is for us? And out of the Reformation came these five solas, uh, these five things that stood alone. It says by this, how do we know that God is for us and loves us? It's by God's grace alone. It's through faith alone. It's in Christ alone. It's according to Scripture alone. And it's for the glory of God alone. And we're preaching through these. Uh, they we're seeing these as pillars of our faith, these great biblical truths that would again come out of the Reformation when the light of Scripture was, was no longer eclipsed by spiritual darkness. And so this would emerge, and it addresses a lot of the questions that plague us, that plague us from time. How are we saved? How are we made right with God? And these truths of, of grace alone and faith alone and Christ alone, according to God's word alone, for the glory of God alone, they never stand alone. They're always together. And this is the good news of the gospel. This is what God's word teaches us, that God and God alone accomplishes our salvation. Let me say it again. Salvation isn't on what we do. It's all based on what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. And it is incredibly good news. So last week, we looked at solia gratia, or grace alone. Today, we're going to look to sola fide, or faith alone. 
And again, the questions they were wrestling with in the Reformation, that ultimate question is, how is someone declared okay or, or safe or justified before God? And what I love about Martin Luther, who God used to help bring this Reformation, is he tried like H-E double hockey sticks to become right with God on his own. He really tried all he could to be holy and righteous and moral and good, so much so that he would leave a career uh, pursuing law and he would become a monk. He tried so hard on his own to earn God's love and, and favor, but he realized it just wasn't in him. And the good news of the gospel is not what Luther or others do for God to love us. It's what God has done for us, providing us salvation. So as we look at a pillar of this faith, a pillar of faith that, is, that our faith is through faith alone. For some of you, this may be new. For maybe many of you, you've heard this all along. But I think if we dig a little bit deeper, we're going to see that there's a depth to this we all need to understand. We can't leave here not knowing the good news of the truth that we are made right by God's grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. So there were three things, I got three points we're going to look to today, that we are justified by faith alone, declared not guilty. We are to be living our lives by faith alone, but faith is never alone. So let me read, I'm going to read Romans 1. We're going to begin Romans 1, verses 16 and 17. This is what God used to really bring a great reformation and change to Luther. And then we're going to read an incredible passage out of Romans 3, verses 21 through 31. The words will be there on the screen. Let's be mindful if, if you're reading them here or on the screen. It's God's holy inerrant word. This is the deep end, my brothers and sisters. This is such good news. This is such a clarity of God's gospel. Would you please drink this in with me? Let's read Romans 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, or from faith to faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith, quoting Hosea. Now we turn to chapter 3, verse 21 through 31. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus from whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time, so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Or is God the God of the Jew only? Is he not the God of the Gentiles also? Yes, the Gentiles also. Since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith 
and the uncircumcised through faith, do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Praise be to God. Let's pray together. Oh, Father God, we thank you for this incredible gospel truth that by your grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, we could be made right with you, accepted and beloved. Oh God, this is the good news of the gospel. It's something that all of us need to understand so that we know how we are declared justified in your presence, how we are to live, and how we are to live today and forever, walking by faith. So God, come speak through a broken sinner. God, come give us ears to hear your voice and minds to understand your word. And, and God, that hearts to embrace your truth. Give us a gift of faith. That God, that you would allow us to walk in a manner worthy of your name. The things that I say that are wrong or just merely my opinion, may those things be forgotten and fall away quickly. But the things that are said that are true and contain the good news of the gospel, would you use those things to make us more like your son, our Savior Jesus. And it's in his matchless name that we pray. Amen. The first incredible good news is we find out that we are justified by faith alone. And it's really asking, answering the question, how are you and I made right with God? We are made right with God by faith alone because what faith alone, it connects us to two really important things. When it says that we are justified by God's grace through faith, that faith is like a conduit. That faith that God gives to us is a connection, and it connects us to two very important things that we got to understand. Faith connects us, one, to the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, that by faith we can have God's righteousness. And the second thing is the redemption of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So let's look at this, what this incredible passage tells us in both Romans 1 and 3. The righteousness of God is revealed to us, is given to us through faith in Jesus. That, that this good news of the gospel is not like, hey, try harder, become more religious, join a church, give money, do all these things so that God will consider you righteous, so God will say you are okay. So the incredible gospel, the good news of the gospel, what Luther realized, he can't be good enough, either can we. That the righteousness of God is revealed to us into the good news of the gospel. Now, it's not just our righteousness. It's even better. It's saying that God's righteousness is revealed to us through the gospel, and it's given to us by faith. You know what this is saying? That we aren't made right with God because of what we do. We are not made right because of what we do. It's not what we have done, but it's more, it's what Christ has done. Our salvation isn't found because God looks down at us and says, you know what, you tried really hard. You're really doing well. I'm going to consider you righteous. Look at all those good things you do. And declaring now in my sight, holy God's sight, you're not guilty. No. You know why God calls us not guilty? Why a guy looks on us with favor? Because he looks at his son's righteousness. He looks at his son's obedience. He looks at that spotless lamb of God who was born of a virgin, who, who did live a life that pleased the Father, who magnified the law because he kept the law, 
who did all the things that we failed to do, the one and only one who was the perfect one. And God doesn't say, hey, clean yourself up, get yourself better so I can find my favor on you. He says, no, 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 I'm going to give you something much greater than that. I'm going to, by my grace through faith, give to you, credited to you, the righteousness of my son. You see, I'm going to look and I'm going to see you and I'm going to see you in his righteousness and I'm going to call you not guilty. You know, we looked at grace alone last week and we realized that apart from God's grace, we by nature, we're children of wrath. We by nature are, are dead in our trespasses and sins. So you see, the good news of the gospel is never this. You've got to understand, you never have to answer the question, am I good enough to be justified by God? Let me make sure you know. No, you're not. You never will be. Neither will I. The question that we need to ask is this. Is Christ righteous enough for us to be justified? Is, is Christ good enough that the Father can look at us and, and that we can stand in his favor because of God's grace through faith? By God's grace through G faith, Jesus' righteousness, it's imputed to us. Now, we didn't earn it. We don't deserve it, but it's been credited to us. And it's been put in our account. And something amazing happened on the, uh, on the cross. God took Jesus, who knew no sin, who was righteous, and, and he made him sin. And he took our sin and he put it on him and he takes our right, God's righteousness in Christ and he gives it to us. And so we are declared not guilty. We are declared righteous because of faith. You see, our connection with the righteousness of God is by God's grace through faith alone, not because of what we do. We, it's been imputed to us. Faith is what connects us to the redemption in Christ Jesus alone. Faith connects us. Now, we're not saved by our faith. We're saved by the blood of the Lamb. We're saved because we are connected to the redemption through faith in Jesus. That's verses 24 and 25. We, by God's grace, are connected by faith to the sacrifice of God. If you read through Romans 3, you realize that not only do we have Christ's righteousness, but we have, by God's grace, been connected in faith to the cross the propitiation of our sins in his blood. You see, the good news of the gospel is that Jesus Christ not only lived for us, we failed to do it, but he also died for us in our place. Let me, let me put it this way. In the beginning of the gospel of John, John the Baptist sees Jesus. He says, wow, behold, behold. And he says something very interesting about Jesus. He says this, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, that's kind of a weird way to describe somebody, isn't it? I mean, all of a sudden you see Jesus say, well, wait a minute, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, his audience knew what he said because they were a Jewish audience. And they understood when they talked about the Lamb of God, what, they were what he was talking about. He was basically saying, you know that Passover lamb that we kill every year? You know that Passover lamb that we remember God's grace that he gave his people, a lamb that they are to sacrifice? They put the blood over the door, and as they put the blood over the door, by God's grace, death passed them by. So here you have John the Baptist making this incredible connection to, to a lamb in the Old Testament that says, behold, this is the real lamb of God. This is the real one who takes away the sins of the world. You see, if we look back to that story, it's very interesting. We look back to that story and the plagues uh, that, that God brought to the Egyptians, setting his people free. 
And the grace that God provided for his people and his people alone, a lamb. And here's what he said. He goes, listen, instead of taking you out, I want you to sacrifice a lamb. It's got to be a spotless one. And I, want, I, want you to, I want you to take this lamb and I want you to sacrifice it. And I'm going to give you, by my grace, I'm going to give you a way out of my wrath. And so God's people had faith that, that they would believe that, you know what? Let's do what God said he, we were to do. Let's, let's take this lamb, let's sacrifice it, and let's put the blood on the doorpost. Now, let me, let me just, can you imagine the neighbors? What are y'all doing? Oh, we're killing this spot one time. Oh, you guys are hungry? What are you, what are you doing with the blood, dude? Why, why are you wiping it all over your door? I mean, what, what, what is going on here? I mean, they were thinking these people were nuts. You know, all the people, all, all the Jewish people like, oh, let's put the blood on the door. And, and what's, what's going on? Well, they had faith that believed that God provided a lamb, and the lamb, watch this, would take away, pass by their, their sins and give them life instead of death, and then death comes, and death, what? It sees the blood, sees the blood, and says, oh, these are my people. They're marked with my, the blood of the lamb. Pass by, give them life. Now watch this. Isn't that when John says, look at, the, look at the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You see, we are, we are not saved because of the faith, the blood that we put on the door. Or we, ask, we are saved because of the power of the blood. We're going to talk about that with Christ alone. Does that make sense? We are connected. We are connected to the Lamb of God by God's grace through faith. And being connected to the Lamb of God by faith, his righteousness is credited to us and, and we have a part of his death. That his death covers us, that the blood was shed was for us. Now death passes us over. How amazing that that passage was fulfilled. All of that was just pointing to Jesus. You want to know the true Lamb of God, the true one who sheds his blood, that causes death to pass by us, that cleanses our sins? You see, by faith we are connected to the righteousness of God and we're connected to the death of God. And it's our faith that now... God looks at the sacrifice of Christ. He looks at what Christ has done. He sees his righteous son who's lived a perfect life, fulfilled all of the law's demands. He's holy. He sees his atoning death, and he's death for us. And now he can look at us, and by God's grace, through faith in him, can say, you're not guilty. You are okay because of what Christ has done. You see, with the gospel, the question is never, is our faith strong enough to be justified? Many of us feel like, man, my faith, it's like a mustard seed. Sometimes I'm good, sometimes I'm bad. Sometimes you wonder, am I really in? Because I'm not sure I believe strong enough. I'm not sure if, I, if I'm good enough. But it's not about our faith that saves us. We are saved by faith. It's not the power of our faith. The power is in the blood. The power is in the sacrifice. The power is in Christ. Next week, we'll talk about Christ alone. But let me just say it this way this week. Nothing in our hands we bring, simply through the cross we cling. That is how we are set free. Faith is our connection. It's our vehicle. It's the, what connects us to God's grace in Christ. Does that make sense? That's what it, you know, right out of college, I married the love of my life. My life would ever change, uh, almost 34 years. And I took a Winterport girl, born and raised, and I moved to New Jersey. Now that's love, right? I mean, 
I'm going to marry this guy. I'm going to follow him to New Jersey. And I, I took a job working in New York City, uh, Midtown Manhattan. It was awesome. We had no kids. And by the way, I am from New York, but I'm a hick from New York. I'm way upstate. Call us Canadians. I mean, we're nowhere near the city. You know, it was a whole new world for, for me as well. Um, but when I w- lived in Jersey and I worked in New York City, I had a lot of different options of how I could get to work. I usually chose the New York Jersey Transit, and I would get on the train in Metuchen, and I'd go into Penn Station, work two blocks from Penn Station. I could take New Jersey Transit. I could take the path. I'd get to Newark. I could take the path in. I could go that way. I could take a cab those days. They had cabs. Nowadays, Uber. I could drive. I didn't want to walk or swim. There were a lot of ways, a lot of paths to get to work, a lot of paths to get to New York City. But there's only one path. There's only one bridge. There's only one way for us to get right before God. We can't choose multiple ways. The only way, it's by God's grace. It's through faith. That is the connection, the connection alone that brings us safety with our great God. Why? I love what it says in verse 26, 326, that Jesus is both the just, the sinless one, and he's the justified. What an incredible combination. That is the most beautiful gospel combination. He is the just one, and he's the one who makes, he's the justifier. How does he do that? Well, only he is righteous. He shares that righteousness with us by God's grace through faith. He's the only one who sacrificed, behold, the blood of the Lamb, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. So he, is, he alone is the one that provides us the right standing. So we are justified by faith alone, in Christ alone, because of God's grace alone. But how do we live? We are to live by faith alone. And maybe this is answering the question, how do we live right before God? It's very interesting. Out of Romans 1, 17, he says this, for this gospel, it's the power of God for salvation for all who believe. For the righteous shall live by faith, faith unto faith. And here's what it's saying. You begin by faith, you continue by faith, you'll eventually see Jesus by faith, beginning and ending in faith. We are saved by God's faith alone, And we are to live by God's faith alone. Now, let me make this more practical. How many of you, because I'm like the same way, we're knuckleheads, how many of us think, okay, we're saved, we get in, we we get forgiven by God's grace through faith, but now we've got to work our butts off. Now it's up to us not to screw it up. Now it's up to us that we've got to earn this, as if if it was like Private Ryan when, when he, you know, Ryan is standing over the captain who gave up his life for him, and he says, earn this sacrifice. Many Christians understand the reality that we are saved by God's grace through faith, but miss completely that God is calling us to live our lives by faith every step of the way. We're to live the Christian life. It begins with faith. It continues and ends and walks by faith. First of all, we also have to realize that faith alone is a gift from God. Scripture tells us it's been granted to you to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are here, and by God's grace you have faith, don't think for a minute that you're really smart and that you were able to figure things out that your neighbor has not been able to figure out. If you have faith, it's because God's grace is so radically good that he's removed your heart of stone, given you a heart of faith, and he's let you see the reality and the beauty of who Jesus is. Faith is a gift, Philippians 1.29 been granted to you not only to suffer in his name but it's been granted to you to believe so we got to realize this incredible gift that god has given to us um, and it'll always be by faith alone it's not just the vehicle we're saved in 
And by the way, let me point something else out to you. It's always been this way. Sometimes we erroneously think, well, God is a God of the Old Testament. It's a God of works and a God of wrath. And a God of the New Testament is a God of grace and mercy. Wrong. He's the same God, old and new. How was Abraham declared not guilty? How was Abraham made righteous? Was it because of his offering up of Isaac? No. It was because of faith. Abraham believed in God's promises. He believed in a seed that would come that would make all things new. And God looked at his grace, at the grace he gave Abraham through faith, and he declared him righteous. It's the same story, the same God, the same beautiful reality. It's a gift, and it's always been that way. Abraham believed in a promised Messiah to come. We believe that he has come, and his name is Jesus. We are to continue to live by faith alone. It's never about your righteousness or good works. i got to try one more time and say it again to you. No matter what happens tomorrow, no matter how good or bad it turns out to be, your standing is never going to be, not for one nanosecond, if you're a believer in Christ Jesus, there's not one nanosecond of your life that God is going to love you and judge you because of your works, because of what you do. Now, what we do is important. We're going to get to that. But it's never going to cause God to love us more or to love us less. That's the beautiful thing of God's grace. If we are saved by God's grace through faith in Christ Jesus alone, if we are, his righteousness is credited to our account. You know, how, you know how sinful or how selfish it is of us to say, okay, God, Jesus helps me get home. Jesus gets me in the door, but aren't I good enough? Can't you love me for me? You know what scripture says? Our righteous acts are like filthy rags in his sight. And that filthy rags, if I told you the literal Hebrew translation, you'd say, man, that's just disgusting. So, we are loved and accepted in Christ Jesus, and it'll never change, and it's forever perfect because our Savior is perfect. Quit trying to earn your salvation. Quit wondering if you're good enough. Quit wondering if he stopped going to lo- stop loving you. You are secure in Christ. You are accepted in Christ. You have been washed and made beautiful in Christ. It is such good news. And this is given to us by God's grace through faith. You didn't earn it. I didn't either. We don't deserve it, but we have it. So now, living by faith alone, from faith to faith. Why? I love this too. So no one can boast. Let me tell you something. Um, Walk by faith, grow in grace uh, and faith. But no one should boast. We, we, We have nothing to boast about. All we can boast about is our sinfulness. All we have is God's grace. We should be the most humble people who ever lived, ever I mean, we shouldn't be thumping people over the head, telling them how messed up they are. We should be loving them and putting our arms around them, speaking truth and love. But we should never boast because we should be living humbly because why salvation is all of the Lord from beginning to end. And then lastly, and I don't have time to unpack this, but faith is never alone. You know, faith is, is always connected to us living and producing good fruits. There's two things I wanted to show to you this. And one is, Remember, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says, By grace you've been saved through faith, not by works so that no one will boast. But then it says in verse 10, We are his workmanship. We are his masterpiece, created to do good works, which he prepared in advance that we should walk in them. James will say it this way in James 2, 17. If your faith doesn't have works, your faith is dead. So how do you know if something is alive in your yard? Does it produce fruit? You know, if, there's, if, if you have a, a citrus tree and it never produces citrus, it's probably dead. 
You know, so what should Christians produce? We should have, because of God's grace and faith, we should have fruit. There should be evidence that we are his. And that evidence should be wanting to do the right thing for the right reason, for the glory of God, for the good of our neighbor. Faith alone should never be alone. But we mess up. We think somehow if we have the fruit, then maybe we'll be accepted. No, no, no. The only way that you're ever accepted because uh, bear the fruit is because you are accepted. The fruit that God will accept from us by God's grace alone. Our God, good works don't make us righteous or acceptable, God, but they show that we are righteous and acceptable to God. We want to do the right thing for the glory of our great God and for the good of our neighbor. Why? Because we love him. And he loves us. By God's grace, grace alone, faith alone, next week, Christ alone. Amen. It's all because of him, the spotless lamb of God. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that our salvation is not based on what we do. Oh my goodness, we would mess it up. And God, thank you that it's based solely on what Christ has done. And he's good enough. Man, he is the spotless lamb of God. He lived a life that was good enough. And he died the death that, that you accepted on our behalf. When Jesus cried out, it is finished, he meant it is finished. That we could stand before a holy God and we could be justified by your grace through faith in your son. God, I pray for anyone here who doesn't know this truth, that today would be the day that, God, you would give them true saving faith, that they wouldn't hope to get better or they wouldn't make a resolution that they'll try harder, that they would throw themselves on Jesus and they would say, save me. And know the beautiful reality that for everyone who cries out, of course, he will rescue and bring home. And God, for the rest of us who know you, can we stop trying to live our lives, trying to justify ourselves by what we do? Will you teach us what it means to live by faith to faith, that always growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, but this growing in the standing that we will forever be accepted in Christ. Never for one nanosecond will we be accepted apart from Christ. And may we just hide ourselves in him. We know that we fail and we stumble, but he didn't, and you love us in Christ. Oh, God, set us free. Let the gospel set us free to truly live for your glory and the good of our neighbor. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.